Oh, good morning. Good morning. God is so faithful, is he not? He's just a good God. And um, I'm excited about what he has for us this morning. And um, I want to I want to teach this from here, if you're cool with that, because of when the Lord gave it to me at a point in my life, probably about 12 years ago, the Lord gave me this teaching and and really just revolutionized some things in my life that I go back to over and over and over again. And as I prayed about this next couple of weeks, I knew in my spirit that, that God would have me go there again. I haven't taught it here probably in about seven years. The Lord's allowed me to teach it in different states and different churches. Um, but I felt like God said, it's time now because there are so many people right now that are you're going through some stuff. Some of you are uh, in big transitions in your in your life, and and you've been asking God, where am I? What is going on? Has anybody had a really interesting year? Really? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> I mean, it has been one of those years that I have actually gone back to this teaching in my own life over and over and over again, going, God, show me. And so today I want to share it with you in hopes that God will help you to define where you are at this moment and how to move forward in your walk with him. How to make a drenched transition, if I might borrow that word. How we might be able to move from one season in our life to the next season. Does anybody feel like the leaves have fallen off of your tree? Do you feel like you are in a different season right now? Or maybe you feel like you've been in the same season forever and you are ready for a new one. Does that sound like anybody? Okay, well, we're going to press into his word this morning. And I want to teach you a principle from the word, a concept that's found in the word that just may help you move forward. So if you will stand, we will get into the word. We have three separate passages all of them are from the Message Bible. If they sound strange, you may blame Pastor Wayne because at this about 12 years ago, he, this, he had all of us just plowing into the Message Bible. And this is where the Lord spoke to me. So I'm going to bring it to you the way he brought it to me. So listen, far flung islands, pay attention, faraway people. God put me to work from the day I was born. The moment I entered the world, he named me. Thank you. He gave me speech that would cut and penetrate. He kept his hand on me to protect me. He made me his straight arrow and hid me in his quiver. Second verse. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, Humility, strength, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love, it's your basic, all-purpose garment, never be without it. And finally, my question what are God worshipers like? Your answer, arrows aimed at God's bullseye. Father, I thank you so much. 
for the clarity that you bring through your word. I thank you, Father. Your word truly is a lamp unto our feet. And so, Father, as we step into that place with you, I ask God for everybody who's going, what in the world is going on? I pray, Father, that you would begin to reveal yourself to them today, God. I pray that they would know where to put their foot next. Some have felt so stuck. And Father, I'm asking today that there be a release in the spirit. Father, that they begin to pursue you for all they're worth, Father, because they finally see. Father, I pray that everything that is of me would be forgotten. But everything that is of you, Father, let it produce fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Amen. About 12 years ago, about little, almost 13 years ago, I was in a really good place spiritually, and that was so strange for me. You know, it's like everything was hitting on all cylinders, everything was working, my kids were actually being really good at that point in time, they were still too young to be doing anything that had their mother terribly worried, and things were good, the ministry that God had me involved in was flowing, I had published three books previously, like in the the two or three years prior The music thing was going well. I was just really feeling fulfilled in my life. And I was happy with where I was. I mean, it was a good place, but it was a strange place for me. And so I had this sense of contentment, just deep contentment that that should so make us nervous. (laughs) When you hit that place of really deep contentment. And so I went to bed this one night and everything was good. My world was great. And I woke up the next morning feeling like something was really, really off. You know, I went to bed happy and I woke up frustrated. Okay, sometimes just waking up can be frustrating. But I woke up and I'm like, oh, oh no. God's getting ready to do something. You know, it's like I had this sense, this, this something was off kilter, kind of like someone shaved your eyebrows off in the middle of the night. And you haven't seen it yet, but you know a revelation is coming in very short. It's like, oh, 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 I know something's going on. And so I really began to press into God. I really began to go, ah, uh-huh, God, I, I know this, I know this feeling. I have been here before. Some of you are saying the same thing right now. I know this feeling. I know God is getting ready to require something of me that perhaps I've been a little bit lazy on. I know that God is calling me further. And so I begin to press into him and I begin to ask him to show me and, and to uh, do whatever it was. You ever just want to get something over with? <laughs> this was the move of God I was so looking forward to. And I was just, I just wanted him, whatever it was, I wanted wanted to move into it because I felt stuck. I felt like I couldn't move and I should have stayed stuck because what he began to do was he began to ask me to lay things down. Things that I liked. It's okay. You know, if he could have asked me to lay down housework, I'd have been fine with that. I mean, there are so many things that he could have asked me to lay down. But the first thing he asked me to lay down was the ministry. I was working in uh, women's ministry at that point in time in my life. And I loved leading the ladies and I loved being with them. And, and the Lord began to tell me it's that season's over. And I went, but God, you know how bad they need me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we both knew I really needed them. And that was how I had defined myself. I found so much of my identity in the ministry that the Lord had allowed me to work in. But my identity needed to be in him, not in that ministry. And so I'm like, but God, they won't remember me. If, if I lay it down, God, you know... I was just so frustrated. But at the same time, I knew that I knew God had already ordained somebody for that position. There was a woman in the church. Most of you all know Rena Montgomery. And I knew that God was saying, hand it over to her. But man, I left nail marks in the sides of women's ministries <laughs> before they got me out of there. And then they had the audacity to prosper without me. I mean, they went on like they were actually happy and growing in God. And, and I, not that I was bitter, but I was like, oh God, perhaps they didn't. And I was like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I've still got my writing, God. I've still got, I can go and I can write and I can study. My position might be gone. But God, my calling, my calling as a teacher is still there. So I'm going to dig into the word and I spread my books out and I laid everything out before me. Man, and I felt the eyebrows again. And I remember looking up toward heaven and going, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You want me to lay down my ministry and set aside the calling for a season, God? Can, can we really do that? And, and I knew it was him, so I had no choice. Well, I did have a choice. We all have a choice. When God begins to speak to us, we have the choice to where the rebellion are and to take on the distance that disobedience puts between us and the Father. Or... Novel idea, we can submit <laughs> and we can obey him. And so I grudgingly laid that down for a while, though it made no sense to me. And I thought, that's fine, it's all good. You've taken my position, you've obviously taken my calling, but at least I have my passion. At least I am still a part of the worship department. At least I can still sing. And that too, God? Great. <laughs> Happy. <laughs> All that got left was my friends. And then I felt that again, like my fellowship got shelved. I mean, I didn't get to go on those special lunches that I liked to go on. It's like everything just got taken away. It's like this beautiful plate that I had put all of these things on and I had arranged so perfectly. God just went and tipped it over. I liked my plate. It was a good plate. But I knew that God was calling me to time with him. When everything in your world seems like it has fallen apart, understand you are in the most special season. When everything else goes away, it's just you and him. It is just you and him. And sometimes nobody can go with you where you've gone. Nobody can enter into that circle except you and God. And it is the most precious thing. Unfortunately, it is also one of the most painful places you'll ever walk. You know, but who am I? I didn't create it. So that's where God had me. And so every day I just begin to pursue him. God, you got to show me. God, you got to show me. I don't know what to do now. I don't have anything to put my hands to. I don't have anywhere to pour. I don't know what to do, God. You have to show me. So I did what any good Christian would do. I threw myself the most amazing pity party. It was wonderful. 
Nobody but me in attendance. I laid on the sofa for a while. Ice cream stains on the front of my shirt. Two empty uh, root beer bottles rolling around in the floor. An empty Pringles can holding my Almond Joy and uh, beef jerky wrappers. And Aretha Franklin blaring in the background. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And I came to a decision. I throw a great party. I throw a great party. <laughs> but I also decided something else. I made a very important decision. See, when you reach that point where you are feeling so sorry for yourself, you have a decision to make. You can get stuck right there, endlessly stuck right there, or you can make the decision to leave. And that's what I decided. I decided to leave the party. I decided to stop feeling sorry for myself and decided to find out what it is that God might have for me because I knew in my spirit that he loved me, that he loved me extravagantly. And I knew that if he loved me, he had to have a plan for my life. And I wanted to know what it was. I needed to know what it was. So I began to follow and I began to pursue and I grabbed my... Uh, books again and I went and I found my prayer journals it's so important that you write down the things that God says to you because you need to be able to go back and go oh yeah God I remember see we're not really good at remembering the things God tells us unless that we they make an impact in our lives and sometimes you can go back through and reread those and go oh so that's what this meant that's what this meant and and so one day I was walking around in my living room and I was vacuuming. I know it shocks everyone, but I was vacuuming and I was cleaning and I just made this simple prayer and I said, God, please, please show me where I am. Please, God, show me where I am. And this thing just opened up in my spirit and I, I call it a vision, but it wasn't like I blacked out. It wasn't like any, you know, smoke appeared or anything like that. But I so saw in my mind's eye something that wasn't there before and it just, I just stood stock still and I just watched. There was this warrior and he was standing in profile in front of me and he, his arms were encased in leather and there was a quiver on his back and it was full of arrows. And as I watched him, um, no sound was made, nothing was going on. As I watched him, he reached, he had an air, a bow in his left hand. And he reached into the quiver and he pulled an arrow up and over his head and he knocked it upon the bow. And after he knocked it on the bow, he lifted, he lifted it up and aligned it. And when he aligned it, he drew it back. And when he drew it back, that was the first time he spoke. And as he drew the arrow back, I heard three words. He said, you are here. And when he said, you are here, it buckled me. It just, it was like a bowling ball going through a glass house. Everything within me just began to move and just began to, to tremble. Because I knew God was trying to show me something. Because every movement, every movement of the archer, every movement of that warrior just captivated me. And with every positioning, something on the inside of me exploded. And I wanted to know. I wanted to know what I had just seen. And uh, I, I wanted to find out what God had 
for me. If I am here, I want to know what brought me to here. And if I am here, I definitely want to know what's next, you know? And so I did what every single one of us need to do. When you feel like God has shown you something, when you feel like you have had a revelation from the Lord, the very first thing you need to do is go to the Word and make sure it lines up. You need to go and make sure that it is consistent with what you find in the Word. Not just one tiny little scripture, but the full counsel of the Word. It needs to line up. And that's the first thing I did. The Lord allowed the teacher in me to raise up again. And I grabbed every study tool I could find. And I opened the Word and I sat down at the table. And the very first place he took me was to Isaiah 49. I have read Isaiah over and over and over again and had never grabbed hold of this. That very first verse that said, He made me His straight arrow. He hid me in His quiver. Oh my goodness, I did the happy dance. I just began to just go, Oh God, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Though many have said so. I'm not crazy, God. I knew that was you. Everything in me said that was you. And then He took me to Psalm 25, 12. And it said, What are God worshippers like? Arrows aimed at God's bullseye. That settled it for me. That settled it for me. And if I was going to be an arrow in his hand, you better believe I wanted to know about arrows. You better believe that I wanted to know about an archer. I wanted to know every step in the process. And so I began to dig. Can I tell you something? Guys, when God speaks something to you, especially all of you, you young guys who are just really getting into the Word. When God speaks to you, when He tells you something, don't stop there. Keep digging. Keep pushing. Open up the Word of God and look at a scripture from every single angle. It says, I am this. So if I am this, then the opposite of this would be what? You know, Look at scripture from every angle. Follow the breadcrumbs. Keep going. Scripture says, uh, we have not because we ask not. That is a perpetual verb. That is a continuation. It is a, we have not because we do not keep asking. And it talks about ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. And God will reveal his heart to you. I think sometimes he's just looking for hunger. I think sometimes he's just going, do you really want to pursue me? Do you really want to go here with me? Because if you do, I will take you, but I'm not going to drag you. Pursue. Pursue him. And so he took me to Colossians. And I thought, okay, God is just so cool to me. Here I get all of this interest in arrows and archery and all of this, and I'm praying and I'm seeking God. And then I have this light bulb. <laughs> this is so bad. This does not speak well for wives anywhere. But I have this light bulb moment, and all of a sudden it hits me, and I go, Oh, yeah, Hal's an archer. <laughs> oh, yeah, my husband is really into archery. So he might be able to teach me something about this. And, and so I begin to stalk him, I mean, follow him. <laughs> 
Every time a package would, you know, a shipment would come to the front door. It sounds like he's an arms dealer, doesn't it? A shipment would come to the door. Okay, every time a tiny little box of arrows would come to the door, I would just like be right there looking over his shoulder. Not that I aggravated him or anything. And I remember specifically one day he had gotten in a box of um, new arrows and I'm just standing watching, you know, trying to be inconspicuous at five foot ten and... And he takes them out of the box. See, I was under the misconception that if it was an arrow, I mean, if there was, you know, a stick and feathers and a pointy thing, it would fly. But did you know that arrows actually undergo an inspection? Did you know? Have you met my husband? (laughs) He is a detailed person and he took these arrows and I thought they looked really pretty. And he spreads them out on a level surface. And he begins to measure each single one of them. And then he checks the fletching, he checks the feathers, and he picks them up in his hand. And he's looking at them, and he's holding them up to the light. He's getting the fill of them because he knew what was going to be required of each arrow. He knew what was going to be needed from that one. And see, that's how it is with God. God takes us into his hand, and he he performs this examination because he knows what is going to be required of us in our flight. And so he's looking at all of these arrows, and, and I noticed he's sitting a couple of them aside, and, and it kind of hurt my heart because I knew that they were inanimate objects. But God was trying to teach me something about who we are as arrows in his hand. And so he's setting them aside, and because I'm trying to be invisible, I was trying to be quiet too. Neither of those things work well for me. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to raise your hand, Barbie. Um, I said, what are you going to do with those? Are you going to throw those away? And he went, no. I'm going to see if they can be reshaped for use. Oh. I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. I am that arrow. (laughs) I am that arrow. I am a multiple reshaper. And I'm so grateful that we have an archer who knows how to rightly handle us to bring us into alignment so that we are fit for use. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm just so grateful. So I got really excited. And then there were all of these other arrows. And he's like, these are the ones that I've chosen for this. And the word chosen ran through my spirit. And I thought, God, I know that you chose us. God, I know that you chose us. I know the price you paid to choose us. And so chosen just began to just rumble through my spirit. And the Lord took me to Colossians about the attributes of the chosen. How many of you believe you are chosen by God? Can I just see? Believe you are chosen by God for a purpose. Do you believe that you have a destiny? Do you believe that he has a mark that you are intended to strike in your life? Do you believe that? See, that's that thing on the inside of you that goes, Oh God, I know there's more. God, open up more. Help me, God, to just be obedient so that you can use me. There's this sense of you know that God wants to use you. To strike a mark. And so with that word chosen running through, this is where we're going to plant. Because next week I'm going to give you the final, the uh, six steps in the arrow. But we're going to start today with just establishing that you have been chosen by God. 
Every single one of you have been chosen by God. When Hal separated the arrows, the Lord just spoke to my spirit. He said, every arrow was intended for flight. Some will be reshaped first. Some will be used now. Some will be used in competition. Some will strike a mark. And then some, their mark's not ready for them yet. So they're just going to wait a little bit. Every single one is intended for use. Every single one of you. Every single one of you. If the word of God is true, you are an arrow in his hand. It doesn't say you are like an arrow. It says you are an arrow in his hand. How faithful he is. So, because you have been chosen by God, this, these are the sign, uh, sign posts. These are the marks I want you to begin to look for. According to scripture, according to Colossians, those that have been chosen for, for, uh, chosen by God will display these attributes. God will begin to work these in you. Number one, are you compassionate? Are you compassionate? Are you touched by the pain of others? And is there something in you that makes you desire to want to alleviate their pain? Are you compassionate or can you walk past the wounded and go, that, what's that got to do with me? Compassion will grow in you. The second thing, according to scripture, that the chosen will have is that they will be kind. They will be kind. And the thing the Lord asked me, he said, I don't want to know if you say you're kind. I want to know if they say you're kind. If, I, if someone is describing you, would they say that you're a kind person? That's a whole different issue. We all think we're nice. But would someone say you're kind? The third thing is that are you humble? Are you humble? Humility is the mark of the chosen of God. And if someone asks about you and they go, oh man, she is just full of herself. Would they describe you as humble? Or do you always have to win? Do you always have to be first? Do you always have to, I mean, pride, is that your issue? Humble. And then it says quiet strength. And I love, as I started to study on quiet strength, yeah, I was thinking about you guys on that last point. Anyway, just saying. Quiet strength. But the way that it literally plays out, it means, did you, do you have to prove your point? If, do you have to prove, yeah, no, 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 this is what I mean. Can you know that you're right without having to let everyone else know that you are? Is there a quiet strength in you? The next thing is discipline. Discipline in your walk with God. Is the word consistent? Is that part of your day, every single day? Or do you accidentally bump into the word when you need to find a scripture that lines up with your need? I won't say that again. Sometimes we can only find our Bible when we really, really, really need it. And it ought to be written on the tablets of our hearts. It ought to be so deep on the inside of us. We don't have to search for a scripture. We ought to be calling it out. Oh, Jesus, you said. God, you said. God, you said. See, it's one thing for my child to come and go, will you take me to a movie? And I can go, uh, well, I'm really busy right now. Or you can go, you said on Tuesday that you would take me to a movie. Then there's an integrity thing right there. You need to know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God because He is faithful to it. So discipline in your Word. Discipline in your prayer life. 
Now the next one, it says you are slow to anger, that you are not given to fits of temper. Your, your temper should not be an issue at this point in your walk with God. If it is, you have to keep giving it to Him and giving it to Him and giving it to Him because that's not who you are anymore. God has made you into a new creation. Anger should not control you. Your physical should not control your spiritual. You have been released from that. The next is that can you be content with second place? Can you be content to serve in hidden positions? What if God asks you to serve in a position where nobody ever sees what you're doing? What if you never stand on a platform? What if you never hold a microphone in your hand? Can you serve as faithfully in a hidden position as you can in the places where everybody's watching what you're doing? Because it's a matter of the heart. The next is, can you forgive easily? Not because someone begs you to forgive them. Not because someone comes and um, acknowledges that. Can you forgive even when you've really been wronged? Can you forgive just because God said to? Not because you've, oh, I finally got resolution. Sometimes you're not going to get resolution and then you get to make the choice whether to walk around with this chip on your shoulder doing damage everywhere you go or you can choose to let it go because God said so. Are you quick to forgive? And the final thing that it tells us in Colossians is that over everything we are supposed to love. We are supposed to love. We are supposed to be compassionate. We are supposed to be kind. We are supposed to be humble. We are supposed to have this quiet strength about us. We are to be disciplined in the things of God, in control of our anger. We are supposed to be content where He has us. We are supposed to forgive people. And we are supposed to walk in the love of Christ. These are the marks these are the characteristics of the chosen of God. And every single one of you, well, most of you, raised your hand and said, I believe I have been chosen by God. So your assignment this week, we're going to leave you like with a JR, who shot JR cliffhanger this week. All the old people will get this, but you young people are going, who's junior? <laughs> Because next week, see, I need you to allow God to search you this week. I need you. We can get the praise team up here if you guys want to. Uh, and I want to end with rise if you don't mind. Because I want us to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. But I want you to examine your hearts this week. I want you to allow God to search you in those areas about kindness and compassion, all of those things. Because, see, next week, you need to have it deep on the inside of you that you have been chosen by God, that you are an arrow in His hand, and that He has a purpose for you. Because when you know those things, now you can move into the next phases of the arrow. You have been chosen by God. Upcoming, you will find that you will be tested for true. You will be hidden in the quiver with the rest of the arrows for periods of time. You will also be exposed to the elements. There will be times when you feel uncovered, when you take flights where you feel like everybody sees you and maybe perhaps they shouldn't have. 
You will also have seasons where you are face down, when you are being knocked upon the bow, where stability will come into your life so that he can promote and align you. And then at some point, he will draw you back and he will release you into the destiny he has for you. And you will strike the mark that he has for you to strike. Does anybody else want that? Does anybody else want to know for certain that you are an arrow in his hand? He has a plan for you. Can you stand with us? We're going to go out with joy. We're going to go out with a prayer. But before we do that, (laughs) if that is the cry of your heart, that you would be an arrow in his hand, that he could use you, that he would just pour. Anna Marie, will you come pray over them? About your calling. That he would clarify your calling. That he would clarify your season. That he would begin to pour those things out in your life. Can you just stretch forth your hand? I want Anna to pray over you guys. Jesus, we bless you. Father, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. Father, and Father, today, Father... We come before your throne, Father. We say thank you. Thank you, Father, because of your son, Father, that we can be chosen. Father, this week, Father, as you search our hearts, Father, let us be true to ourselves. Let us be honest before the throne room of God and say, God, this is where I need to change, oh God. Father, do a work in us, Father, that we can reflect your honor and your glory, Father, that we can reflect you, oh God. Father, that the world would see, Father, a reflection of you, Father. It's not about a position, a place, Father, but it's about reflecting you to a lost and dying world. Father, we ask you, God, that as you draw us, that we would run hard after you, Father. That we would not miss a moment, God, when you speak to us, Father. That we would stop in the middle of our busyness to acknowledge your voice, oh God. Let us not take it for granted one moment, oh God. Father, we thank you that you, Father have given us the honor to be an arrow, to strike the mark. And may we be faithful as you release us to strike the mark. And we give you praise, honor, and glory for it, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.